From the MZ Studios Virtual Studios in Cyberspace, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings everyone, it's your host Ryan Trimble, coming to you once again over the interweb, joined by a man who has never had a Zoom fail, the great Sean Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Good day. I, I, I have, I've, I've probably not had quite yet the Zoom fail, but I've had at least 212 instances of starting to talk on a call while still muted, and which, which happened, I think, as recently as last night. And so, and it matters not the platform. It could be Zoom or Google Hangout or Microsoft Teams, but inevitably, probably one out of three times that I talk, I'm going to be accidentally on mute. So, um, so yeah. I, I think that's a minor Zoom fail. Yeah, uh, man, I lean on that mute button about oh, I don't know, ninety eight percent of the time. I think I, I would prefer to that you just not and just go fully on audio so we can hear Paw Patrol and Gigi Storytime. I'd be <laughs> up for all of that. And the, and the, the wonderful maestras at Spanish House. <laughs> yes, I would be down. This is down. Yeah. the construcción de Dallas. Yeah. I'm down that. for that, man. be great. Well, uh, I, you know, I have heard our, our Microsoft client who – operate on teams, of course, which I think is a much superior product, but here we are. Uh, they said, they said the, the head of, of state government affairs for Microsoft says it's okay to go even on your hold screen if you're not talking. So there's your etiquette lesson for the day. I, I'd lean I, I honestly as well. I do lean on the, the control. I mean, the, 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 the mute button, I take my screen down because, you know, number one, even a, a little cough sometimes. I, I like don't want to be caught even coughing, so I'll try to work that out of the call. But you know, I think you know that's the editor in you. it is. I have to work on my lights. I have. I mean, so I have to make sure that the presentation that goes on the screen is the best version, right? Of of myself. That's right. That's right. On uh, on preschool Zoom or preschool Teams the other day, uh, one of the other mothers. Text and said, "I like your I like your Zoom ready attire. I had a button down and gym shorts on, and we were <laughs> dancing up a storm." So, what I what I have not done well, and you've done this better than I have on some calls for sure, is I don't always have the best background set up. Sometimes I do, and you know when I do watch the news, I'm, I'm not a huge news consumer, but when I do, I usually am looking at what the setup is for some of the the broadcasters and the commentators. And I, I like the ones that are set up in the corner. Uh, I think they have, then they end up having something on either side. Uh, so that's something I want to work on better because I think this work from home thing is going to happen a lot more often than it has. And we'll do more of these calls. So I, I need to work on my background situation. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think people are getting tired of the one floral uh, still life <laughs> that I think we got from Lauren's aunt Lois. So uh, we'll see about updating that. Um, but today, of course, Sean, Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to all of our listeners out there. Uh, thank you to those who serve. Thank you to those who have served and those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Um, Sean, in years past, my Memorial Day would have been filled, the, the whole weekend would have been filled with a trip to the Indianapolis 500 with all my bros. Uh, shout out to the great Andrew Heisey. Um, 
But this year, not so much. It is a different time. And I was talking to Michael Zavala, our um, editor and new editor of sound, master of sound design here for our podcast. Master uh, of sound design. (laughs) And we were were discussing uh, it, it just the whole feel, the holiday feel, you know, usually even on a Friday going into the weekend, you would have this feeling, uh, you know, of excitement. And then on the holiday, it feels a different way. But all, all those feelings are different because, you know, you're not able to make the plans exactly like you want to make them uh, as we have in years past. So it, it's, you know, all of this is very new territory for us. And so even celebrating the holiday. But we, we, it does not mean that we cannot remember the sacrifices that were made. And, and it's, it's great to, to do that. And I always, you know, I'm excited to talk about my grandfather, who was a veteran of World War One, And then, you know, coming up in a couple months, uh, God willing, Isaiah will be uh, joining the, the Marines. And so we're, we're excited about his plan. So we, want, we do want to remember um, all of those who served and those who get given the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, th- thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we're we're so grateful. Um, in keeping with uh, public service and people who serve our community and our nation, uh, we have an exciting guest for our listeners today. Uh, she, of course, the Dallas uh, Chief of Police, Renee Hall. Yeah, Chief Hall came to us from the Detroit Police Department, and we've had a chance, um, even in our work, to work with Chief Hall on some initiatives and, and even working some uh, now as we love to work with. And, and shout out to Alamedia, if I might. When I was at Dallas Police Department uh, from 2013 to 2016, we had a number of events. And I know I was able to to lean on Alamedia for help. And, you know, in that vein, we are really excited to have Chief Hall with us. She's been someone that we've wanted to talk to for quite some time. And we're just really excited that she's agreed to come on with us today. Yeah, so um, let's jump right in to our interview with uh, with our great police chief, Renee Hall. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. Uh, Ryan, we are super excited today. You know, when we did our vision board at the beginning of the year of who we wanted to have as guests on Deconstructing Dallas, uh, our next guest was right at the top of our list. Uh, We are very excited to have with us Dallas Chief of Police, Chief Renee Hall. Chief Hall, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me. I truly appreciate you and Ryan uh, getting together today so we can have a discussion. So thank you. Uh, now, you're welcome, Chief. We're going to have you back so we can really get it. We want to talk to you and know so much more about you, but there's so much going on in the city that that we wanted to just jump right in and, and really talk about the impact of COVID-19 
and and what that has meant to your department, what what impact has had on the department and on your staff? So um, great question. And I think that's uh, what we're talking about all around this country is the uncharted territories and uh, the immediate ability to pivot because of uh, this pandemic. And so we, when we look at what is going on across this country, we feel like as a department that we have truly been blessed. Uh, right around the end of February, there were a lot of conversations about the, this uh, truly being a pandemic and uh, the impact that it could possibly have on our entire country. And so uh, with the Dallas Police Department, we instantly uh, went into uh, emergency ro- uh, mode. We started uh, uh, eliminating daily details so officers were able to social distance. We stopped all in-person meetings. And um, we went to a lot of online and uh, telephone conferences. And as a result of that, uh, we have been blessed. And we've had 19 officers so far who have tested positive for COVID. And 15 of them are sworn members and four non-sworn. Over the course of the last seven, eight uh, weeks, uh, we've actually... Uh, only seen 157 of our officers or non-sworn members quarantined at any given time. There was no more than 35. So it has not impacted our operations as it relates to taking officers off of the street. However, um, it has shifted the way we do our job. And so um, when we look at responding to our community, uh, it's challenging because we are a community policing driven police department and wanting to interact with our community and build those relationships. But we're forced to stay at a distance. Um, We're issuing telephones to the officers so that in some instances they can uh, contact residents to kind of come outside and, you know, stand farther apart uh, to be able to get the information. And so it kind of eliminates some of the, um, you know, in-person closeness that we feel um, and that we pride ourselves on so that we can build relationships. Um, And it's just impacted us that way. There's also, uh, when we look around and say how we do our business, we have officers that are assigned to code enforcement to uh, go around the city and ensure that people are social distancing, that they're not using parks. And all of those things have been uh, responsibilities of law enforcement that we did not have uh, pre-COVID. And so these are things that we have in addition to fighting violent crime uh, and making sure that we have a good quality of life in the city of Dallas. Yeah, the, the officers uh, that are on the force, Chief, and, and you and your leadership team, y'all really are more more than first responders for sure. Um, with, with all the, the new responsibilities, how, how do you think everyone is adjusting? both the community and your, your, uh, your force? I think, you know what, what, what's interesting and that I'm so very proud of the men and women of the Dallas Police Department because um, I think they are jumping in with both feet. Uh, we have more than 90% attendance at all of our substations. And so, you know, regularly we, we wouldn't have that level of, of attendance uh, in the police department. And so, to, to say that officers are showing up in that magnitude during a pandemic when um, their health and safety is um, at risk as much as the community says, says 
speak volumes about who they are as individuals and who we are as a police department as a whole and the community. I can't say you know enough about our community partners, businesses, uh, philanthropic co- corporations, uh, community groups. Um, our regular inventory did not include uh, N95 masks. And so we've been, we've had to, from the beginning, acquire PPE equipment, hand sanitizer, Lysol wipes, gloves, and, and masks. And uh, initially we had those things ordered, but as the demand got greater, um, they became less and less available for us. But our community has stepped up and donated masks and all of the, the PPE equipment that um, is needed for us to be successful and safe. Um, they have stepped up in, in droves and, and provided those things by the barrels and by the thousands of masks. And not to mention the businesses, although they are experiencing uh, very uh, challenging economic times, they still find time and resources to be able to feed the officers and provide lunches and dinners uh, for first responders. So I would just say that um, this is a time that truly defines us as American people, that when we find ourselves in a challenging position, uh, everyone steps up and shows their humanity. And I think that is what we can truly say about the city of Dallas is that um, it's a good place to be. Uh, Chief, as as you know, I I spent some time working at the Dallas Police Department. I see the sacrifice that that you and the officers make on a day-to-day basis. And and I've seen reports of officers being shot at uh, here in the city. So I wanted to, to to talk to you about that and see what that is and what's really going on there. You know, you know, Sean, what, what's challenging is that uh, our officers, we, we sign up to do this job to protect and serve the, the community, to say, um, we won't let anything happen to you on our watch. But when we become the target, when we become under attack by uh, members of our community, it is very disheartening. And so um, what we're seeing is that our officers are out here uh, risking their lives, fighting both a COVID-19 pandemic and criminal activity. And we see that individuals um, have reckless disregard for life and safety. And then they are, you know, assaulting police officers by you know, shooting at them. And so, you know, attempting to take the lives of the individuals who are called to save them. So it's, it's disheartening. You know, I'm angry. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, we had a, an incident the other day uh, where two officers were fired upon uh, trying to conduct a traffic stop. And then just before that, the day before, they were um, a- again attempting to uh, apprehend an individual who fired shots at them. And you know, there was a call to action from the community. I asked the community, where is the outrage? Uh, because, you know, these officers work tirelessly to, to, to make sure that this city is safe. And, you know, we just need to make sure that we have a community um, in, in that criminal element um, that is going to support that. So, um, you know, it's, it's disheartening, but it makes us uh, go after the element even that much harder, making sure that we're going to rid the streets of that criminal element. And so, uh, we continue to show up. We continue to do the job. Uh, we continue to to be more aggressive in our efforts, uh, and we will continue that fight. Well, Chief, we are certainly grateful uh, for 
your your force being out there. Um, we live up by Northeast up here, and so you know, grateful for the men and women who are who are here and throughout our city. Um, how are you, you? We're talking about some, some individual instance. How is crime overall in the city currently? What's up? What's down? Can you give us an overview? Uh, absolutely. Um, when we look at uh, violent crime. Uh, uh, we'll take you back to January when we rolled out a violent crime plan for uh, the city of Dallas. And uh, week over week, we were seeing a reduction in violent crime. Uh, and right around March 26th to the 29th, which week 13 of the year, uh, there was a state order put in place and we saw uh, some additional uh, reductions in crime. Uh, but what I can say is the state order did not have an impact on criminal activity. The criminals did not stay at home. Um, but we are um, we are excited to say that we are seeing uh, some reductions in our violent crime. We are down in our homicides by 19 uh, percent. We're down in our robberies, both business and individual um, businesses down 19 percent and uh, individual robberies. I'm sorry, businesses robberies are down 20 percent. And individual robberies are down 19% for an overall 19.45% overall in, in um, robbery. Uh, we are still challenged in our aggravated assault as it relates to violent crime. That's our non-fatal shootings, our stabbing. Um, and those are the areas where we are seeing uh, that mostly occur in multifamily development. It's in uh, our southeast, southwest. South Central and our Northeast parts of the city. Uh, we rolled out a supplemental plan uh, for this summer, our summer crime initiative to address those multifamily uh, complexes to address that uh, aggravated assault. But we, we go down to property crime. Our, our property crimes, we're down in all areas of our property crime except our business burglaries where we're seeing a month to date reduction of 32%, but uh, overall year to date, we're up slightly by 8%. So um, we are making progress uh, in, in crime, but we still have a very long way to go. We still have to make sure that the individuals that we go after through our warrant roundup uh, that we identify and we take off the streets, we've got to figure out how to keep them locked up. Uh, we have to make sure that we uh, find opportunities for our young people. Because in the summer months, we see uh, where kids are out of school, they have less opportunity to interact uh, and or have positive um, recreation that we see an increase in our juvenile crimes and victimization. So uh, we still have work to do in that area. We're working with some philanthropic companies uh, to try and leverage some partnerships to create activities. I rolled out a... Uh, job youth job program last year um, and where we hired 50 kids this year we are having to be innovative we have to pivot and so that same level of employment but we're looking to figure out how we do it virtually um, how we do virtual learning um, uh, steam and 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 we're just we're just trying to figure it out as we move along because we are not sure uh, when we will be out of our new normal uh, as it relates to COVID-19 and, and when we'll be in a position to put a number of kids, a number of people back in the same room. Uh, so as it relates to crime, uh, we're attacking it from all areas and trying to ensure uh, that we're covering all of our bases. 
This is Deconstructing Dallas. We are speaking with Dallas Police Chief Renee Hall. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the plans for the summer. We'll also talk about street racing, uh, the task force that's been created there. So stay with us through the break. Sean Williams, Ryan Triple. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, we are joined today by Dallas Chief of Police, you, Renee Hall, our good friend. Chief, thank you again for joining us. I wanted to jump in uh, to an issue that's been uh, on people's minds lately. I was out in my neighborhood last night, and I got uh, buzzed by a by a Porsche 911. Uh, don't know if he was street racing or just out for a joyride, but... Um, Street racing has uh, become a bit of a challenge in our city and for the department. Uh, can you give us a little insight on the street racing task force and what the department is doing to get a handle on the situation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, street racing has become this this new phenomenon. It started around uh, 2016 here in Dallas. We started to see the, the uh, street racing pick up. And right around 2018, uh, we developed a task force. Uh, to address it. And we got much more aggressive uh, in our enforcement efforts to uh, seek to find out where they were going to be. The challenge with racing is these individuals come from all over the state of Texas, from Houston, uh, North Texas, um, Oklahoma. Uh, and in some instances, we've recently here in 2020 uh, received some information from Atlanta and Chicago uh, that they have individuals who are uh, on social media talking about coming to do a Dallas takeover as they've done takeovers in their respective cities. So we've had to uh, increase our level of aggression as it relates to enforcement, and that is uh, tackling it from a technology perspective, following these individuals on social media, um, and getting the intel before they show up. Uh, that is not always an absolute science. Uh, but that is where we are right now. We have a task force um, that's comprised of, of multiple officers from around the entire city in every subdivision. And we've uh, outlined the uh, very high probable locations that these individuals uh, tend to, to congregate. Uh, we have issued multiple citations. Just this year alone, we've issued uh, 5,425 citations. We've made 352 arrests, uh, 86 of those are felony arrests because this is not just street racing. This is violent uh, behavior. These individuals uh, have firearms, they're shooting from their vehicles, um, they're you know spinning out in the street and in, in multiple instances we've had uh, accidents where individuals have um, uh, died as a result of these accidents. So you know there's narcotics, and so we are aggressive in our uh, efforts for that. Uh, we recognize that the citations and the arrests were not enough. So we've recently gone to our city council 
uh, to get a spectator ordinance because we recognize for them it's a sport, but there is no sport unless there are there are spectators. So we have uh, a spectator ordinance that makes it uh, a crime to watch this this activity, and then we can actually seize the vehicles, make arrests for those individuals who are actually uh, watching this street racing. And so, uh, again, as aggressive as we know how, uh, getting as much intelligence as we can on the front end uh, and being prepared that when they show up, uh, that we're ready to, to, to stop this activity before it, it actually uh, gets started. Now, Chief, you mentioned earlier, um, you talked a little bit about the summer months and traditionally we know that crime ticks up in those months. And I wanted to see uh, what what the department, what your plans are uh, this year to, to try to get out in front of it. And so um, thank you for that, Sean. We actually uh, rolled out our summer crime initiative uh, on April 29th. Uh, and we have a number of uh, operations that we uh, move forward in the city. And that is uh, one of is Operation Beach Street. And it's um, what well, we're actually uh, looking at the areas where we are seeing the most of our aggravated assaults. As I talked earlier, talked about the shooting, uh, the stabbing, um, those are the, the things that challenge us the most and, and we have to get a handle on. And so during the summer months, uh, we did the analysis and it led us to those multifamily developments. And that's where uh, our Operation Beach Street takes place. Uh, we've identified a number of uh, multifamily developments around the city uh, in our high crime areas, and we will be targeting them uh, by actually beating the streets. The officers are performing uh, foot patrols as well as uh, directed patrols, uh, engaging the community uh, all during COVID. And so, you know, although we're challenged uh, from a social distancing, we're still keeping our six feet, uh, but we're engaging the community and making sure uh, that we are being proactive as it relates to um, the apartment complexes to prevent some of these uh, shootings from happening. We also have uh, a covert uh, activity that we will be doing. It's a lot of undercover work by our vice and our narcotics uh, because most of our uh, non-fatal shootings are derived from either argument conflicts and a large portion of them are surrounded by narcotics, uh, marijuana being the largest uh, narcotic that we see involved in a lot of our shootings. And so we have some undercover operations as it relates to that. Continuing with our violent crime plan, none of that has changed. The summer crime plan is just a supplement uh, to address some of those gaps and fill in those gaps. Um, and as it relates to our youth, we've had uh, multiple teleconferences uh, working with groups like Big Thought, uh, Urban Specialists, uh, as well as our programs, PALS, um, that offer multiple opportunities for our youth. Um, but this is to get a online platform and to see uh, if we're able to deliver and render some services that would benefit uh, the youth uh, that are typically involved in uh, violent activity during the summer months. So we're trying to target them, give them something to do, create something that, um, yeah, that, that's interesting and entertaining for them. Uh, we're talking about uh, online concerts. We see as adults, we're de-nice will hold a concert and have every adult's attention for hours. And so if we can do that for our kids and also offer them something while we're uh, engaged in that space, uh, that's also a plus for us. So we're trying to be as innovative as we can uh, to 
identify the challenges that our youth face. And so we can truly keep them from being victims and or committing crimes during these summer months. Chief, um, you know, you mentioned some of the programs related to community outreach. And, and, you know, that's an area that's very special to my heart since I worked in community affairs and community engagement. So I, I did want to to, you know, let us know, ask you to let us know what, what's going on right now with your community outreach efforts. I know Jolie Robinson uh, does a great job there as long, along with her staff. So I uh, wanted to see what's going, what's the latest. So, you know what, we've, um, and I, I just have to take my hat off to Jolie. She is a gem to the Dallas Police Department. And uh, although we have had stay orders and we have not uh, resumed our normal activities. They have taken most of their youth and community engagement to uh, the, the the web or the um, technology platform. Uh, all of their community meetings are done uh, virtual. Uh, they are enter- entertaining the kids via uh, teleconference and through the web, Zoom and Teams. Uh, they held a Easter egg hunt uh, over the the webinar, and so it's conducting all of our same programming, whether it is uh, our uh, Junior Explorers um, and all of our PALS events, but we've moved them to a a technology platform. So that's just an example of what uh, we have to do in in this uh, new normal that we're operating in. And we pivoted and made the adjustments. And I think uh, she is phenomenal, always coming up with new ideas and new ways uh, to engage the kids, and now we're doing it virtually. Chief, you know, can you give us just a, a high level, you know, state of the department? How you feel? You know, things are going, just morale, er- everything that you would 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 say, which would which would indicate what the sta- state is of, of the Dallas Police Department. Well, you know what, um, Sean, I would have to say that at this point in time, I, I think I'm pleased. I'm pleased to say that when I look around. Uh, the officers' uh, morale seems to have improved tremendously. Now, am I saying that everybody on the police department is happy every day? I cannot say that, but I would never be able to say that. I don't think anybody would be able to say that. But I do say um, that in light of uh, this unchartered territory that we're in, this pandemic, uh, and the challenges of violent crime in the city and the the stress that they're under, um, they continue to show up. And um, there are not a lot of complaints. The officers, I have an advisory board that meets uh, once a month for police officers, sergeants, and lieutenants. And um, there are very few complaints. Uh, We're just thanking them for what they do. Um, And they are looking at how we've taken this platform and worked differently. And I think they're appreciative of it. Uh, We have taken our priority fours and pushed most of those uh, to and Dallas online reporting, as well as uh, expediters for those who don't have the uh, digital platform. And so they're showing up and not having uh, a lot of calls holding. Our priority fours usually kept them boggled down because they're lower priorities and they're you know constantly being stacked on top of uh, with the higher priorities. So they're, we're doing business different. It's benefiting them. Um, and they're excited about it. And so, you know, we want to continue, continue that momentum. We're communicating. I think, uh, one of the things that we've done, uh, having a more virtual platform, we're able to speak to them a, a whole lot more. We do videos and put them out each and every day. We've actually went to our pastors, uh, who serve as our chaplains to put messages out 
of, of encouragement and prayer uh, to make sure that they're encouraged while they're out there. And we've also allowed uh, some of our clinical psychologists who are here on staff uh, to put out videos, letting them know that this time is stressful, um, that there are resources available and uh, giving them some words of encouragement and where to find those resources. So uh, I think they, they are receiving uh, some in, from information, probably more than they have in the past. It has allowed us to, 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 to be more thoughtful as it relates to them. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the improvements and I'm happy about it as well. Chief, we are so grateful for your service and the service of the men and women on the fourth. If, if our listeners wanted to uh, follow you on social media, where should they look? So um, thank you for that. I, I would love for uh, everyone to make sure that they're following what we are doing here at the Dallas Police Department. I have a Twitter handle. My personal, I mean, my professional Twitter handle is at Chief Hall DPD. That's at Chief Hall DPD on Twitter. Um, you can also follow at Dallas PD on Twitter. Uh, and that's at Dallas PD on Twitter. And you can also uh, follow our community engagement which is at DPDCA, that's at, on Twitter, DPDCA. And we have a blog, dpdbeat.com, dpdbeat.com. We're Dallas Police Department on Facebook. Uh, and we're also uh, dallaspolice.net if you want to see what crime looks like and our police report. Well, Chief, again, thanks for coming on. And uh we appreciate it. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, Sean, always great to hear from our uh, Dallas uh, Chief of Police, Renee Hall. Thank you, Chief, for coming on. Great interview. Yeah, and thanks to Janella Newsom, who um, works with Chief Hall on media and external outreach, and we, we thank her for helping us get that set up. Chief Hall uh, had a lot of great information, and again, anytime I hear from Chief Hall, uh, it just I'm excited about our city the direction we're headed as it relates to public safety. And it's exciting to hear the support that the officer are getting from the community. Yeah, again, we're, we're very grateful for her and uh, all, all the men and women uh, who serve our city uh, on the force. So uh, th- thanks. Thanks to all. And we are also grateful for um, our our new. What did you call him, Sean? The master, master, master of sound and-, and commander of sound design. Michael Zavala, uh, if anybody needs help, we had a wacky, uh, we had a wacky issue happen during our recording, which, you know, the new normal, baby, let's get going. Just, just roll with it. Uh, the power went out here at our house. Oh gosh. One or two questions into the second segment of the recording. Um, we're frantically texting Sean's still on with the chief. I'm, you know, trying to get, uh, uh, Espanol preschool going again, uh, online daddy, what's happening. Why'd the power go out? What a day. And here we are. Happy Friday, Sean. 
I know it was, it, but you know, again, it, it credit to to Chief Hall for hanging with us through that, and credit to Michael for making a a really good audio presentation out of all this because that's one of those things that you know th- that just happens. But that's why we have to stay light on our feet, man. We have to be ready. Michael, the magician. So uh, that was great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody for for uh, working through it. Well, we want to thank Chief Hall for coming on and spending some time with us today uh, on our podcast. Uh, We want to thank our listeners because this has been um, the top month that that we have had listenership-wise in the last year, for sure. And I think a lot of that, because we've had some outstanding guests, and the other thing on that is that we have great listeners who have been sharing this podcast. So we want to ask you to keep listening, uh, keep sharing this podcast, keep talking to us on social media. Uh, and if you want to find us, you can find me on Twitter at Sean, S-H-A-W-N-P Williams. He's R Trimble at R Trimble 15 on Twitter. We want to thank all of our colleagues at Allen Media who support us on this. Um, we want to thank our owners, Mary Woodleaf, Jennifer Pascal. So uh, this has been an exciting holiday issue of Deconstructing Dallas will be back soon, so continue to hang with us, keep listening, and adios.